Welcome to the PMPA's Speaking of Precision podcast featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller, David Wynn, and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Speaking of Precision podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller and David Wynn have joined me today, and we are going to discuss the precision machine product industry 2022 was a very good year. Welcome, Carly and David. Well, thank you, Miles. Thank you, Miles. Good to be here. The precision machine products industry, including PMPA's 400 member companies, manufacture highly engineered, human safety critical precision machine components. They're used in advanced automotive, aerospace, defense, electrical construction, and medical technologies. All right, so give, give me give me some numbers. Give me a frame of reference. What are the uh, you know accounts or payroll shipments? Blah blah blah. How about a hundred three thousand jobs? That's pretty good. That's a lot of jobs. And has payrolls of five billion dollars. Five billion dollars. Five, five billion with a B. Billion with a B. What about shipments? Shipments, $19.1 billion. Another billion with a B. Another billion with a B. But look at that productivity, $19 billion from $5 billion in salary. Oh, that's true. You got only 25% cost of goods sold on that. Wow. Okay. Very good year. <laughs> it was a very good year. Very good year. So what else have we learned? So really... Our industry is the critical link in the supply chain. So without our components, the durable good doesn't work, right? The vehicles don't go, they don't stop. Mm -hmm. You know, aircraft don't fly, bounce on landing or don't bounce on landing. Medical, I mean, we talked in another podcast about what was going on in, 20, in 2020 with COVID. Yeah. Our industry was mobilized. Our industry was critical medical infrastructure identified by Homeland Security. And if and you're guess who is making the ventilators. That's exactly right. That's right. Parts for the ventilators. Parts for the ventilators. So if you're listening to this podcast, it's on something electrical, electronic. I mean, we're we're responsible for making today's technologies function. That's right. Your your iPhone does not work out without precision machining products. You know, it's got that aluminum template on the inside that's machined on a mill. Uh-huh. See? Me without my iPhone? I don't want to picture that world. I remember that world. Do you remember paper maps? I do. I made my kids learn how to make how to read paper maps. No GPS. No GPS. No cell phone. Can't call for directions. You gotta figure it out. Oh my! Or ask the guy in the corner gas station. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get around, David? Uh, I learned to read maps uh, pretty early. So I was an Eagle Scout and I competed in orienteering competitions. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I I used to do a lot of map reading. I actually like paper maps still. Of course you were an Eagle Scout. Of course he was. Of, uh, just of course. All right, so, I took us off track. Sorry. So back to our precision machining. How, how is it a good year? Well, up until 2020, and really up until last year, 
the presumption, the prevailing paradigm was globalization. Mm. There's a race to get it cheaper. There's a race to get it cheaper so we can buy it and, you know, save money, live better. Ha ha. Except the supply chains globally weren't able to keep up with the current demand. Right. So globalization is, I, I can't say it's dead, but it's been seen to be not sufficient for the quality of life our society currently wants. Yeah, we're seeing more and more large companies want to reshore a product, and even if it's just part of a product, you know, they're buying 15 million pieces overseas in China, and they're bringing back, you know, 10% of that, 20% of that, and placing it with a local shop, because if those bolts don't come in, they can't make product. Huh. So there is a real realization there, kind of reality slapped them in the face. Absolutely. And, you know, with shortages, you know what happens. Prices increase, yeah. right? Nobody likes that. Well, the, but it's consumer it's a, doesn't like that. Well, the consumer price index went up 6.4%. Wow. That sounds like a lot. Is that a lot? It, it Well, I mean, I think it's low because how much has a bag of potato chips increased in the past year? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Or and and it, they shrunk the quantity. They shrunk, yeah, too. smaller bags. Uh, I, it went up like 25%. Absolutely. But, but, but over the average. The official CPI figure is up only 6.4%. Well, that's because they throw out food and energy. That's <laughs> without food. inflation numbers, a bogus number, because the thing that affects your consumer the most is food and energy. That's the highest percentage of a consumer budget. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as shop owners, you know, the prices that we had to pay as producers rose by 7.9%. Whoa. That sounds like a lot too. That's knock, knock, knocking on double digit inflation to me. Yeah. So do you think that's, that's properly stated? Do you think that's a good number? No, I think somebody's fingers on the scale to keep it from registering just how severe it is. We've got uh, the uh, administration just put a 200% tariff on aluminum from Russia. How much? 200%. Now, I'm not saying we want to buy our aluminum from Russia, but these tariffs are in the double digits. They've been in the double digits. Now we're putting punitive sanctions on 200%, 7.9%. That's not even rounding error on the, the prices we're seeing for energy, for freight, and for raw materials. And back from where I come from, double-digit inflation is hyperinflation. Ooh, hyperinflation. That doesn't sound good. What's hyperinflation? That's when you get costs that are going up so fast that they almost become a self-fulfilling prophecy that your costs are increasing, it tightens things, and then it just keeps going and going and gets out of control. It happens when monetary policy is too loose and you have too many dollars chasing too few goods. You know, it's funny because you're approaching this inflation thing like an economist, but you just gave the classic psychological definition because inflation is, in fact, a psychological phenomenon. Once, once the fear is established, it's positive feedback. I'm afraid. I'm more afraid. Prices go up. That confirms that confirmation bias. Confirms prices are going up. Now I buy more. Now I buy more. Now I buy more. And the demand increases. Companies can't keep up. <laughs> prices go up. See, that's how I always think recessions start. 
it's toilet paper and COVID all over again. It is. Well, that's how I always thought recession started. I'm like, suddenly it's in the paper and now everybody's panicking. So now they're saving their money. So guess what? There's not as much money in the economy. So it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's the same kind of thing. Right. But it's it's fear of missing out. Fear of, I won't be able to afford it, so I'll buy it now. Ah, yeah. I'll, I'll buy it now before the price goes up. And then all the then the, the cash isn't there, and so nobody's buying anything, which is what the Fed's trying to do. They're trying to reduce demand. All right. Well, we're talking about consumers, so we've got to also be talking about like savings and retirement and stuff, right? Well, that's right. And so, you know, our, our title is 2022 is a very good year, and every listener on this podcast is saying, pal, have you seen my 401k? <laughs> Right. So look when it's down that low. So the S&P down 19.4%. I guess that 7.9 PPI number isn't so bad. It doesn't look so bad. No. Right. (laughs) But then, so then the cost of goods went up 6.4%. Right. But savings plans dropped. 19, 19%, at least if you had a 60, 40, 60% of it went down 19.4%. In the uh, in the equities, using the S and P as your indicator, and with interest rates going where they have been over the last year, if you had bonds, it probably got hit or nineteen point four percent. Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Ouch. That's the forty percent. There was there was literally no place to hide. I guess there was no place to hide, except as we'll see, it's very good to be in precision machining. So if we look at total industrial production mm-hmm. in 2022, that was up 1.6%. Okay, up? I hear up, up. Up, right? That That's right. a good time it's up. Yeah, I want, I want industrial production to be up. I don't want inflation to be up, but we'll take 1.6%. Okay. Our manufacturing production, it's a little different measure. Yeah. That went down four-tenths of a percent. So... Manufacturing wasn't just all, it wasn't a good year for all manufacturing. Industrial production, markets we serve, up 1.6%. Capacity utilization, this is this is a conversation David and I are going to have in the future. Um, it's 0% change over the year. Zero. Capacity utilization okay. did not change. We had work and we kept working. Didn't add capacity, didn't lose capacity. It's eventually we're going to explain why it is. There is an answer to which is more important, supplier demand. The answer is demand. And and this number kind of proves that. And David and I will explain that in another podcast, I think. So no change in capacity utilization. Durable goods orders up 11.9%. Oh, that's great. Orders are up. Oh, that's the demand. That's the demand. And that's the largest market, right? Right. Durable goods, automotive. Well, automotive's the next one. But the durable goods, is that what you use for our uh, business trends index? It, It is. It is. It correlates very highly with our business trends index, which we'll get to in just a second. So durable goods up 11.9%. Our large, one of our largest markets, 
Total motor vehicles assembled up 8.7%. We are in a sweet spot in precision machining. I just, it's an interesting time because, you know, the vehicles, um, you've got a lot of vehicles sitting in inventory, waiting, um, waiting on chips, waiting on other things, but yet production is still maintaining an upward upward trend. And I think it's going to be interesting to see where things go over the next couple of years with motor vehicle production. But uh, that's always the largest market share within our industry is parts produced for, for motor vehicles. Right. So the other good good factor in, in our industry is we're seeing reshoring, as David mentioned earlier. So um, imports of manufactured commodities actually declined, not quite a percent, seven-tenths of a percent in 2022. And the job announcements, holy cow, <laughs> holy cow, job announcements increased 37.8%. That's an incredible number. That's something that, you know, uh, I've been saying for a long time that the trade imbalance will take care of itself eventually. Uh, One of these days, either the dollar is going to get so valuable that it, that, um, so with them produce, I'm sorry, so devalued with them producing so many dollars that it's going to be way cheaper to produce the goods here and the trade imbalance will take care of itself. And that, that right there is evidence of the fact that the trade imbalance will take care of itself. So David, I, I know you haven't been to our office yet, but I have written on, I have written on my whiteboard, the cure for high prices, is high prices. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the kind of economics I talk. So so when we look at these positive numbers, durable goods orders up eleven point nine percent, automotive up eight point seven percent, the PMPA business trends average was up 13 and a half percent year over year. So that's why it was a very good year. It was a very good year. That's almost 10 times increase over total industrial production. And we're killing manufacturing production. We're just, it is, we're just killing it. We crushed it. Love it. The number that blows me away is when you look at shipments of over 19.1 billion with only 103,000, 200,000, 200 jobs. That's $185,000 in sales per employee. Here's the sales pitch for PMPA too. If you're a PMPA, if you're not a PMPA member, PMPA members average higher than the industry. So you need to join and it'll help you out. Absolutely. Spoken from a PMPA member. (laughs) All right. So speaking of PMPA, how how do we do on the business trends? So our January business trends has just come in and it is the highest January ever. And it is up 13.8%. We're already starting this year. And this is the sales index, right? Sales index. Okay. We're already, we're way ahead of the five-year average. We're, I mean, it's just crazy. So last year we predicted, we predicted we would finish at, at the level that we were off. We were off by we underpredicted. We said we'd be up 12%. We were actually up 13.5%. I can't believe you were that far off. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I was heartbroken. The nerve. Heart, heartbroken. And January, which is one of the inputs to our prediction for the end of the year average, January is up substantially. Highest January ever. Wow. So crazy. if it starts in January, your, your correlation happens about April? Yeah, yeah. First four okay. months, we we have a correlation model, 
and we predict and we have predicted and we have published um, just how that works and it's frightening the r r uh coefficient it's pearson's coefficient r is like 0.98 and the r squared is like 0 0.95 0 0.93 it's very compelling it's very compelling we created this because of our fiscal year it starts in july and so we wanted to know calendar year what would collections look like oh. so that's how we started looking at that because our dues re revenue is based on sales so so that's how we stumbled into this and uh we're optimistic crazy optimistic for this year so far so far but our latest sentiment indicators for uh, lead time, profitability, and employment were all up. And sales, eh, you know, they've got a record January after a record, two two record years. I mean, we could use a breather, Carton. Yeah? We could use a breather. We're really good. Not everybody can use a breather, though, right? We, we could use a breather. So when we get our breather, if we get our breather, yeah, we should be working on training. We should be working on retaining our top talent. We should be working on automating and process improvement. So if we do get a breather, we've got work to do because the demand is there. That's true. The demand is there. So that's why we're optimistic. And 2022 was a very good year. It's amazing to see how 2023 has started off too. Cause I know in my shop, it's just been one of those years. The last year we had the best first quarter we've ever had. And we're on pace right now to be ahead of last year. And it just, I can't even fathom that. I mean, I expected things to slow down and I'm just not seeing that. And our order volume and our backlog just keeps growing longer and longer. It started to shrink at the end of January. I was like, okay, yeah, we're going to get caught up. And now all of a sudden the red list is out beyond the page again. And I'm like, what is going on? Why does everybody want everything now? Gangbusters, demand. It's about demand. No breather for David. No breather. No breather no for breather. you. No breather. He, he's <laughs> grateful to I'm have... taking a new job. I'm getting a breather. He's getting his breather. He's like, now I know you why. folks in the family business can handle that. <laughs> and that wraps up today's podcast on 2022 being a very good year for precision machining. Thank you for joining us. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. You don't want to miss one. Also, check out our Speaking of Suppliers podcast to hear how our technical members can help your shop. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org where you can find our knowledge centers, which are filled with articles, webinars, more podcasts, and other resources for precision machining. And if you aren't already taking advantage of a PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to learn how we can help you thrive. And why is a PMPA membership important, Miles and Carly? Because, because we, we are, are better, better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday 